All right, welcome back into Sports Call here in Auburn on Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson and Ryan LaVoy here on Radio Row at SEC Media Days in Atlanta and so honored and thrilled to be joined by the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, here with us. Greg, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for being part of Media Days. Absolutely. It's been a fun week here at the College Football Hall of Fame. What have you thought of the festivities here in Atlanta with the show back on the road? You know, it's a really unique venue. You get to experience the history of college football. If you walk around, you, you see faces um, uh, featured in different displays, some of whom are actually speaking. Yeah. Uh, and and those, those pictures may go back to playing days or earlier coaching days. Um, we have a, a goalpost in the middle of our press conference, artificial turf on the field, a big screen. So it's a pretty unique uh, feel, and it's unique for conferences to move their media days around like we're doing. And uh, we expect to be in Nashville next year. We'll have some opportunities to look at other venues in the future. And uh, each place we want to go, we want to have a little bit of a special feel around this event. I know that back in 2018 when we were here for the first time, you mentioned just that, that you wanted to have this event go on the road, let more people experience it other than the traditional Birmingham setting. I mean, a little bit more on just the folks that have been able to come out. They don't get as much access as I'm sure fans would like, but still to be to be here and around the event in different cities. Well, there are people through the week who will come just to see coaches kind of mingle in the lobby, look through the windows, see what's going on. It's raining today, so it's a little tough to be outside looking in the windows. Who, who likely haven't experienced the College Football Hall of Fame. So it's a good way to introduce college football um, beyond just their favorite team to, to a set of fans. Um, this uh, Moving it around, depending on what we do, allows a little bit more of a, a touch and feel. We also bring in local media in major markets. So you know, Atlanta is always going to pay attention to the Southeastern Conference, but being here magnifies uh, the level of attention paid. And in other major cities, we can, we can experience that same level of interest locally and if you think about a plan over time that just builds and builds upon the interest that exists for the southeastern conference and commissioner with so much going on in the world of college football and college athletics is this week almost like a step aside to just take a breath after all these deep conversations about expansion and about uh, what a playoff might look like what a, a new league schedule will look like is this almost like a, a week not off but a week of, of different less impactful responsibility. Well, it is different, but you always want to be attentive to how you communicate and what you say because it's scrutinized over and over. Sure. And, you know, within the, within the industry, everybody gets emails and articles and, you know, what did he say? What do you mean by that? Um, it actually crystallizes thoughts. So a lot of the, the advance work, um, not just for speaking at, at uh, Monday's opening session, but answering questions about how do we see the future from expansion, scheduling, NIL, transfers, uh, other NCAA-related issues. Um, because I'm going to be asked anything, there's an opportunity to prepare, but also uh, a continuing opportunity to think. So it's different. It's a different pace. It is a step away from uh, the normal office routine, but there is an intensity about it that exists all four days that we're involved. I want to ask about something kind of uh, about the future, but maybe with a little different slant than what uh, most talk about. Uh, I was watching John McDade's uh, presentation on Tuesday and about you know the idea of forward thinking about if there is a playoff that requires more games, how can we for player safety kind of cut down on the amount of, of plays that they participate in? And, and I saw that, that essentially I think it was if you have a, a rule in which the clock does not stop for incompletions, that you could get up to saving two games worth 
of participation even under a 15 or 16 game schedule if you were to play that many through a playoff is that the type of forward thinking rules and processes that you have to try and look deeper at because we're also focused on just the how many teams part of the playoff but there's right. also more issues to it than there that. are there's there's calendar issues when do you play games how does it inter- interact how does the college football playoff expansion that that, that could reemerge interact with the expanded nfl schedule um, and then we had from a, a listening session with our football student athlete leadership council last summer as we were talking about uh, adding games, uh, a really specific dialogue, again, from our student-athlete leaders who play football, um, that it's not about the number of games, it's about the number of exposures. And so that started all, our wheels spinning, uh, and we engaged a firm to look at if you did certain things within the game. So if you ran the clock after first downs instead of stopping it, like is the college tradition, what, what would that do? Um, if you altered a little bit further out-of-bounds timing, what, what might that do? And what you saw was one of the results, and I think we looked at five different areas. I don't recall the other two. But the most impactful on exposures or, or plays is uh, running the clock after incompletions. And, and re- remember that you know, it, our, our backroom conversations are, you know, if you hand the ball off and 22 people pile on the ball carrier, we don't stop the clock. You, know, you may be taking 10 or 15 seconds to pull everybody off of the pile. If you throw a two-yard out to, to, to a wide receiver and it goes through his hands and out of bounds, we stop the clock. Um, and you've seen adaptations around the game where the offense, as they're trying to control the pace, those guys will run back. So even if you throw a 20-yard pass downfield that goes incomplete, you've got people sprinting back or substitutions taking place that, that negate what 50 years ago was seen as a disruption to the game, which is an incomplete pass. And and it's just um, an introduction, and it is meant to be forward thinking of how do we consider the game moving forward. We also have a range in game times last year from two hours and 57 minutes for the shortest game up to about four hours and 10 minutes for the longest regular, uh, regularly timed game. And, and we need to narrow that variance a little bit. I'm not, not worried about games that go 315, 320, because I think once you're there, you want to see it. We want to keep the pace of the game moving along. But we ought to think about how do we normalize the, the overall experience. How do you typically make your schedule as to which games throughout a football season that you get to go to? Uh, I usually start right around this time of year and looking particularly at the first weekend and trying to touch as many bases as I can. Uh, my philosophy is, attend, is to, to do my best to attend a home game for every school and to see each team play twice if, if possible. Uh, you know, last year I saw Georgia play two neutral sites, one in Charlotte and one in Jacksonville, so I never made it to a, uh, a home game at Georgia, but I met the, the, the CM2 Times um, experience. My plan right now, uh, opening weekend, is to go to Missouri on opening Thursday night, so both Tennessee and Missouri have home games. I saw Tennessee play Bowling Green opening night last year, so I'll go up to Missouri uh, expect Saturday to be here in, in uh, Atlanta to begin the day for Oregon and Georgia, and then probably sneak out, in fact, not probably, but sneak out a little early, head to Gainesville because Utah is playing at Florida. And then on Sunday, Florida State's in New Orleans against LSU. So that'll be opening weekend. Uh, week two is uh, Alabama at Texas. So I've never been to a football game in Austin, Texas. And that's an opportunity to say hello. And since we have a conference team, I normally wouldn't go to a non-conference game. But just given the uniqueness of, of the circumstance. Uh, week three, Miami's at Texas A&M late. 
Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I go to two games or go to one game early that day. I am going week zero to Hawaii. I told All people right. that. So Vanderbilt plays Hawaii. My brother actually lives there, so I've loaded up my frequent flyer. I've emptied out my frequent <laughs> flyer account, and uh, we'll, we'll start a little bit earlier than, than normal at week zero. feels impossible to put those schedules together, and you got somehow, some way, you get it done. Yeah, and then, It's outstanding. Yeah, well, things play out, um, and, and so some of it's timing sure. of games, and then some of it's, well, I want to see that game. So, you know, the Penn State at Auburn uh, week's a big deal. Um, but there's some games down, down the line in, in Auburn that, that I'll probably plan to attend so I can see some of our other teams play. Uh, but it's a work in progress, and it's all subject to change because what I just told you is pretty much in pencil other than <laughs> yeah. that week zero game. <laughs> well, talking about the schedule in particular and then exposures, as we're saying, and what the future could look like when people want to know what the schedule changes could be once two new teams join the league, that's been a big topic this week. Is there a timeline in place and when you would like to have that decision made? There is not. When we expanded last July, uh, we had an athletics director's meeting uh, a few weeks after, and we asked the ADs, when do you need to know? And, and they asked, really by this past Destin meeting, to help with non-conference scheduling. And then as we walked through the issues, more and more information was, was desired. And, and so we've got some questions that need to be answered this summer. There's actually a group working on it right now on what our tiebreakers would look like in a single division concept since we've been in two divisions for a long time. We have to decide the number of games. We have to decide how many annual matchups. And it's not as if rivalries go away, even if they're not played every year. But we're going to have to make some decisions on the number of, of annual games embedded in the schedule with the idea we want to move teams through with greater frequency. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to have to wait 12 years before somebody from the east ends up on your campus. We'd like to see that happen with much greater frequency. As we wrap in your opening remarks, we know that you highlighted Sunisa Lee and what she was able to do in Auburn for that gymnastics program. Uh, not only her impact, but just the sports outside of just football growing and an Auburn baseball team that makes it to the College World Series. I mean, all in all, it's a pretty successful year for our Auburn Tigers. Yeah, and, you know, Bruce's team ranked number yeah. one and a lot of momentum. You know, we, we, men's basketball had really high expectations for the postseason. We just end up in matchups and the threes don't fall the right way. But uh, progress in women's basketball. Right. Um, you know, some of the, the conference victories that hadn't happened uh, in, in a while. So, you know, a lot of good happening down on the plains. Excited about the future. Had a great visit with Brian. We were talking about uh, Ford Mustangs yeah. and his interest there. Just one of the joys of the job is you get to know people uh, off the field. So uh, it was neat to have half the College World Series field include uh, SEC, four SEC teams, um, see what Butch's team did through the year. And, you know, there's a lot of promising uh, opportunities out there in the future. Commissioner, thanks for the time. Always good to see you. Thank you. That's Greg Sankey joining us on Sports Call.